this is like, you know, like the mate, like a maybe in functional programming, like this, where we, we might be podcasting right now. We'll see. We'll see <laughs> what we decide. What we decide later will determine if we're podcasting right now. So did those guys really name their app after a meme? Huh? Buckle up, fellow kids. It's time for Founder Quest. Should we have to like all say badgers when we clap instead of just you? Like we all say it? Yes, but in different languages. <laughs> yeah, and it's all going to come back at slightly different like lag time. So it's just going to be like badgers, badgers, badgers. <laughs> mushroom, mushroom, mushroom. Yeah. Badgers, I'll do mushroom, mushroom. mushroom. <laughs> <laughs> nice. What was that from? That was from like an ancient meme, wasn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. it was a video. Badgers, 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 Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I got it. I was totally referencing Snake. that. Mm-hmm. I was totally referencing that, guys. So, have you guys heard the song um, "Raining Tacos"? Nope. Because my my little girl is super into it, and it's a song about it raining tacos. It's I think it's new, but it's a very like old school like internet type song. Hmm. Yeah, I haven't heard that one. Have so. Have you shown Ida hamster dance? No, I don't know what, what you're talking oh, about. Oh, you've what, got to what's check that? it out. You've got to check it out. Hamster I, dance. I don't even want to spoil the surprise. <laughs> Just okay, everyone, um, everyone can check it I will it write out. it down. It, it is like it the original internet video meme song catchy thing. Huh. Viral, viral video. Okay, I've probably viral seen song. it, but yeah, I've probably seen it, but you know, all, all the new viral content has pushed out the old viral content. It's like a... It's like a stack that just overflows. Yeah. yeah. It's like a stack overflow. Exactly. You're they shouldn't even website that. So deep. My question is, do we actually want to check out any of these videos or because they'll be like stuck in our head and, and like our kids won't shut up about them or <laughs> are you really no, just, probably not. is this like Come the on, ultimate Josh. troll, Ben? <laughs> <laughs> You're spoiling the surprise. <laughs> <laughs> is it like oh a, like baby shark or whatever? <laughs> Yeah, this was funny. So it was Ida's birthday the other day. Happy birthday, or last Ida. night. Yeah, so we did her um, her birthday party and we gave her her CD player and I got her a couple CDs. She's got like four favorite songs and they're all wildly eclectic. So we got her a Jewel CD because she likes Jewel's rendition of Twinkle Twinkle. And we got her a Bob Marley CD because nice. she really likes a Bob Marley song <laughs> and a some weird country western CD because it's got like a, a Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer on it that she really liked and what was the last one? Oh yeah the Wiggles just for fun and yeah so like yesterday we were so I was like I was very strategic about this because like kids kids birthday parties are chaos so I was like let's open the CD player first you get one CD the Jewel CD, which is super mellow. So it's like, well, why don't we just play this while we open the rest of your <laughs> presents? So we had this like super mellow acoustic music playing. Nice. And it made it a little bit more chill. I don't know. What were we actually going to talk about, guys? So, I mean, like, I don't, I don't really care what we talk about. I don't mind if we talk about Heya, really. I don't like. So is Heya public at this point? No, it's not. It's still, it's still private. I haven't, we haven't actually talked about it. So like, so are we editing all this out? Like what, like, I don't know. (laughs) I guess guess one question is, are we ready to talk about Heya publicly yet? I don't really, I wasn't going to make like a big announcement of it anyway. Like, I I don't know. Like I've just been working on it. So personally, I'm fine with letting things drop. It's not like we're a public company and our stock price like depends on things being released in a certain way. Like, I think if like we decide to just drop the project and not do anything else on it again, I don't think anybody's going to really 
care or fault us mm-hmm. or anything. Okay, that's all I was going to say. I haven't I haven't decided the license yet, so that's the main reason why it's not public. Yeah, we could we could give a disclaimer and be like everything is is tentative, like nothing's is, real. These are forward looking statements. Please do not make your investments based on the things we discuss in our podcast. Yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. buy Honey Badger stock based on, on on anything we're saying here. Yeah, let's talk about that. This is like one of those. So this could be like one of those like movies where like half of it takes place in an alternate universe. Mm-hmm. So this could be the alternate universe founder quest where we talk about this thing that Josh has been working on, or it could be your just mundane universe founder quest in which just nothing, nothing's going on. We're just petting puppies and, you know, <laughs> drinking lattes over here. I'll never, you never know which is, which is which. Well, let's, let's just go for radical transparency. Let's talk about it. And, uh, I'm into it. Yeah. I can't keep of like, I can't keep track of things that I'm not supposed to talk about. Like I'll, I'll forget. So, <laughs> all right. So I guess all that stays in, right? Uh, maybe if, if it does, if it does, this is the most, like, this is the longest, like build up to, uh, <laughs> okay, that's fine. So what are we going to be talking about today, guys? I think we're gonna be talking about Heya. Wait, what's Heya? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. He is, he is my like super secret December. Pro- well, it's longer than December, but I worked on it in December as like my side project. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's kind of just it's a it's a thing that I've kind of thought of, we've thought about a lot over the last year or so, and it's something that we've uh, we wanted to kind of play around with and try. And so I've been working on it. I don't know if it's going to be you know it's going to fly yet or not. We haven't actually like started using it. It's a little software project, and we can kind of discuss what it does. I know we've had some pain points around our communication tools that we use to communicate with our customers. So, Well, I think we've talked about our frustration with Intercom a little bit on this podcast, as I recall. I'm trying to remember like when, when this, uh, this story would, would begin. Because I know, like Ben, you've, you've got a lot of opinions about this too. And it's something that I guess all three of us, but Ben and I especially, have been like ranting about for some time now. So... Yeah, it was the winter of 1997. <laughs> a very cold year. And I do have, I do have opinions. That's, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think you know, we've talked about it, but you know, it doesn't hurt to talk about some more, like how we, how we hate the world. <laughs> Specifically, spending money that we feel is not being well spent. And uh, that's, that's where we are with Intercom. We've used Intercom for quite a while. We moved to Intercom from Help Scout when we wanted to have some chat uh, functionality as, far, as part of our customer support. Wait, so just in case people don't know, like what exactly do Intercom and Help Scout do? Well, they help you have relationships with your customers by uh, you know, receiving inbound requests. In the case of Help Scout, that's primarily what it does. But also sending out communication to your customers. Intercom has been very strong about that. And Help Scout has actually picked up some of that lately. When somebody goes to a specific page where they sign up for an upgrade or something, you can trigger a message. It gets sent out, sent out to people. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. That yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. And they all, yeah. they all do different things. Like they handle different aspects of the customer communication life cycle, except for intercom, which kind of tries to do it all. That's one reason that it's probably so expensive, but it's also another reason why I think that like it does a lot of things. And I think any product that does like, just does like tries to do everything isn't going to make everyone happy. So um, I think we fall into the camp of like, it, it does what we need but for too much money and it doesn't make us very happy to use it. I don't know about you, Josh, but I'm a happy Zoho CRM user. <laughs> yeah. I also use Zoho Writer and Zoho <laughs> Babysitter. Zoho Desktop. Um, yeah, Zoho like 
they come twice a week and clean out my house. Yard service. Yeah. Yeah. I hard Zoho. <laughs> so we did move to Help Scout back back to Help Scout from Intercom several months ago. Josh did that for us because we were not too happy with how Intercom was handling our inbound requests from customers, uh, like support requests. Uh, and that's been great. But we still have been hanging on to Intercom for outbound messaging. So particularly for uh, lifecycle messaging, like Josh mentioned. So when someone signs up, we send them an email. When someone maybe takes too long to install our client, you know, we send them an email, mm -hmm. giving them a little nudge saying, hey, you know, we see you haven't done X, please go do X. And other like automated sequence emails like that. So we're still using Intercom for that. And uh, we're, we're kind of to the point where we're like frustrated and ready to stop spending as much money on Intercom just for that one feature. Yeah. Well, and the other thing, th there's two things. So that's one of them. The other thing we use them for still is our uh, broadcasts to customers. Right. That's where like, you, you might think that like, well, if you've moved, you've moved your support out of Intercom. And now if you're just using it for onboarding emails, like you don't need to have like tens of thousands of users in there necessarily. But for broadcast, you do because you need to be able to email everyone when you want to or segments of people. And of course, Intercom is the pricing is based on how many users you have. We're basically still spending the same amount of money on Intercom and paying for Help Scout now. And we're just trying to figure out how to unta untangle this whole mess so that we can you know, have a single tool for each purpose, basically. Yeah. So broadcasts are like, um, it's like a mailing list, right? It's like, yeah, it's like the sort of thing. That, just like, a mass email. Um, like MailChimp. Yeah, like MailChimp, but we used MailChimp at one point for this. But. Yeah, we did. Well, we did, and and we use uh, we we currently use uh, ConvertKit for our uh, our marketing email. About a year ago, we had been talking about like building some sort of intercom like replacement or killer or something like that that's going to like solve the intercom and the uh, like the email marketing problem for us and like do everything in one tool and basically like combine email like marketing and, uh, and customer lists somehow. And I think over the course of those discussions, like I learned how bad of an idea that really is and went the opposite direction of where like, I'd really like to separate more features, um, even in intercom and, uh, and have more like single purpose type things. So, so like a Unix, a Unix philosophy for customer <laughs> messaging. Exactly. Yes, that's yeah, exactly. And, um, and one of the, re one of the problems with that though, is, um, especially if you're going to build like a SaaS, some a sort of like centralized tool that is going to do this is the user database, because all of these things need to have access to your users and access to the information you use to create segments of people for various purposes, whether it's for like emailing them directly through a broadcast or if it's sending, sending like automated sequences to like certain groups of people. Like, I think that's one of the reasons why Intercom has been so successful is because like, it's really difficult to do that and like to duplicate your data and send it somewhere else in the first place. So if you only have to do it once and that one thing like does everything else, yeah, then so it's, like, it's good. Yeah, right now, basically, we've got two copies of our user data. Um, we've got one copy that is the sort of real real copy in our database. And then we've got this sort of like second ancillary copy in Intercom, right? And so every time a user updates themselves or we have to, we have a new user sign up, we have to send that information to Intercom as well. Right. And keep, we have to keep those in sync, um, which is just a fun thing to do. There's whole industries that have, are building up just to, just to solve that, that problem. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Talk about. Well, I mean, it's part of the, the overall, it's part of the overall, I guess, 
what what do they call it the the mar is it martech mm-hmm. industry <laughs> that stands for marketing tech i think the biggest player in in that is like a probably segment which is basically like a data warehouse tool which you send your data to it and then it's the central location where it basically broadcasts it to all your other tools marketing customer communication tools that need it so and that solves that problem of like having using a bunch of things but only wanting to send your data like you know, handle sending it to one service versus like 10 or something. The more like tools people add to their stack, like the more complicated it's, it's becoming, it's, it yeah, seems kind of crazy. And, and the more expensive it gets because yeah. segment itself is not cheap. Right. So, so we're, we're in the position where we're, we're paying segment to send our data to intercom. So we're paying them to send email to our customers and we already have all that data in our own database. So yeah, we thought, man, we got to do something about this. Meanwhile, like we're 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 not that big. We have one person who does marketing full time, right. and then four other people <laughs> in the company that do everything else. <laughs> it seems like you know we we've got like this uh, this enterprise level like marketing stack <laughs> that we're using for we're basically using just to email like a handful of people. <laughs> I feel like in a larger company, they would probably have somebody just who just did the intercom integration. And yeah. just like made sure that was perfect. Well, yeah, I think like on the, yeah, in the larger companies, they've got both multiple developers, I imagine, dedicated to managing the, uh, the integration side. Yeah. Maybe maintaining that segment integration. And then, you know, the, they've got marketing teams that are also working on from the segment onward side. That's the benefit of segment. One of the benefits is that like a relatively non-technical user can go into segment and add a new tool and copy paste like some API keys or something. And it's added to your, it's basically added to your marketing stack automatically. So it allows like non-technical teams to add tools to your website without going to the developers. What you just said, Josh, is literally giving me hives right now. And I'm thinking about GDPR and uh, right? things. <laughs> I, so, was, I was thinking the same thing. It's like, yeah, and then all this data is flowing everywhere. And, and like, gosh, man, we're tired of that. We're like, <laughs> yeah, so, even so, the yeah, marketing <laughs> intern can can uh, make your company violate GDPR now. Okay, so we're we're gonna like we're gonna like do a like do like a, a jump cut, and it's like meanwhile in Sacramento. <laughs> <laughs> CCPA. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So meanwhile, you got all these like these, uh, the, you know, like privacy and regulation is like the, the thing of the day. And so it just seems like these two, these two trends are like, yeah, I don't know. I can't decide if they're actually like complementary to each other or if they're going in opposite directions. I think that it's a little bit of both sometimes. Yeah. I mean, the good news is like companies like Segment and Intercom, they have good compliance policies in place, right. you know, so they're, they're good stewards of your data. I don't you know, distrust them. But at the same time, like that's just yet another thing you have to answer, you know, another thing you have to put a control in for, another thing you have to worry about, you know. It's yeah. Like, it's, well, of it's course, it's like, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm not, we're not going to get like into a political discussion here, but like the answer to regulation is centralization in this case. Like you can, if you go to, right. if you have one data warehouse and they are compliant and then they implement integrations that are compliant to the next party, which is like intercom or whatever then that solves a huge problem for you. If you're like a large company that wants to use a bunch of tools without having to like have your own compliance team that's like managing your DPAs or whatever and, you know, like having to update everything every time you use something. Yeah. In the case of GDPR, don't you still need to get the user approval though? Like 
Like if you're sending your data to Intercom and then you suddenly start sending it to Help Scout as well. Yeah, I think you do. I don't like have, I'm not an expert on any of this, but I like my feeling is like these tools are also going to like, they're going to help with that too. Like centralizing all this stuff. If you're going to, if you're going to go the route of using like, you know, a bunch of using everyone, basically like this centralized architecture probably will help with that. Like someone will make a tool for it that will help get that consent. But it's also a lot more complicated and still potentially like not actually like protecting user privacy either. So point of order, Josh, point of order. Like, I just want to say, like you say, you're not an expert, but the very fact <laughs> that we have a podcast makes us experts oh, or whatever we yeah, talk about. You're right. Yeah. That's how it works. Yeah. There's this book on, uh, it's like a book on law, like a, a law course on, on my audible account that I, that I've got on my to read list. So after I read that, maybe we can come back and revisit some of this stuff because I'll, I'll basically have, have a legal opinion. That's awesome. Right. Then we can start, stop paying so much money. <laughs> you don't, you don't, you don't have to, you don't have to congratulate me yet. Give me like, congratulations. Give, Josh. give me a month or maybe, you know, tw- two, two weeks or so. <laughs> what is that? Da, 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 da. Got my uh, graduate cap on here. Yeah. Well, we'll get you a graduate cap for next time. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So you know what um, would be very convenient for GDPR and all sorts of regulations? What would be very convenient is if you didn't have to send your data any place but your own well-secured, encrypted at rest data store. That you already have, If only have, there right? were a solution. <laughs> if only there were a solution that allowed you to message your users using your own data store that you have locked down and you control. I mean, that would be incredibly convenient because then you wouldn't have to um, duplicate your data everywhere. You wouldn't have to worry about like as much compliance stuff. But wait, like, wouldn't it be, I mean, where would we, we find, really where would that. we find such a data store though? Because like, it's going to add a lot of, uh, I mean, it's going to add a lot of overhead to manage like our own data store. I, I would imagine. Like, I don't, I don't have any idea where we're going to find such a thing. Like, we'll get Ben to do it. It's not like, it's, it's not, it's not like we have, <laughs> it's not like we already have a database where we store our users or anything. We, we actually oh. might have one of those. You see, yeah. you see where I'm going Wait, with this. We have one? I, <laughs> That's, I think we're, I think we're, I think we're at different points of the sketch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. We, we have, we have, there is such a thing as a, as a database and, uh, and most people have one, which is the conclusion that I, that I've come to recently. Well, Yeah. Yeah, we're advanced because we've actually got a couple of them, I think. <laughs> right. Yeah. And in, in a lot of cases, that's that's the issue is like the, the more times you duplicate your customer data and have to like sync it different places, it just like it's, it's the more the more complexity it adds to, to your system and to your data, not to mention the more it like, like with anything else, it like locks you into things because if you ever want to change that data format, you've got to like figure out how to like update or migrate it in a bunch of different places instead of one and resync it or however you're going to handle that. Yeah. So like the approach that the, the idea that I've got or that we've had and the direction we're trying, trying to explore is basically like, can we, can we build tools that basically just use our existing user database? To where we don't have to sync that data to, uh, to other parties. Um, ideally, this is going to be something that is uh, self-hosted, so we don't have to deal with the privacy, the privacy and regulation constraints and and problems that arise when you have to add a new third party to your stack. That's kind of like the direction that we've gone with this, I guess, set of problems that we've been describing, and that's kind of what Heya Heya is a, is a project that like addresses some of this this stuff specifically. 
the sequence emailing. Yeah, not to mention we'll save ourselves some coin. Yes, it's uh, it's cheaper just to send emails versus use like an entire marketing stack. Now, you know, Josh at Bear Metrics, he, he says his opinion is you, sh you should never build something internally that you can just buy from someone, right? Mm -hmm. he's, he's all about like, you know, use the vendors that are out there. Like it doesn't make sense to pay a developer to build something for you. Where's the fun in that? Uh, totally. But I, I get where he's coming from. It's like, you know, if that's not your business, then then it doesn't make sense. But I think in our case, like, A, we're developers and we love building stuff. And so we're just not going to stop. So, hey, you might as well, right? And B, I think the end goal here is to not only to build something for ourselves that we feel like we love, but also that other people like us will also love. And then, you know, we'll just make bank selling that to people. Yeah, I think it all depends on what it is that you're building. I think as a rule, it's probably good to say, generally as a rule, it's probably good to say, like, we're not going to just build everything, build yeah. everything that we use. But I think there's cases, there are cases where, I mean, it's not, it, it could make sense. And it all depends on what yes. the use case like is, just, what the benefits are, like there's the trade-offs. Yeah. And, and hopefully this is one of those cases where it makes sense because we are definitely doing it. <laughs> I feel like we just kind of slid into this talking about this. Yeah, we, so haven't, let me just, we haven't really uh, said what it is. Catch people up. Yeah. So um, is it okay if I just go ahead and do that? Go yeah. Ahead. For the past couple months, Josh has been working on a little side project, a little but not uncomplicated, as he's learned, I guess. And the goal of that is to provide this, um, some of these marketing messaging features that we currently use Intercom for. But to do that in a way that pulls the data directly from our own databases and, you know, runs on our own server and that we have sort of more control over. Is that, did, did I do that justice? Yeah, I think so. Okay, cool. Yep. And, and the way, it w what it is, is so it's, it's a, we're building it as a Rails, uh, it's a Rails engine. So it works. We, we build our platform as Ruby on Rails. And so it basically just plugs into our system, like you said. We have a bunch of things that possibly could do or different things it could solve. But right now, it's, uh, we're focusing on the sequence. Basically, we're trying to replace the, what we're, uh, we're left with at Intercom because that's obviously the goal that started all of this was to solve the email sequences and potentially, uh, you know, we need to have a way to broadcast, like send a mass email to our users. That's kind of the MVP for us is that when, when we can leave Intercom is like when we have those two things. Currently, we have the sequencing completed. So, so what does the sequencing um, entail? So uh, the email sequences are, I call them campaigns. They're basically just drip email campaigns, like similar things that you'd see in a lot of other like customer communication products or like user onboarding basically. But so what they allow you to do is, is run user onboarding email campaigns. So when someone like signs up for Honey Badger, they, they get a welcome email, they get instructions on how to install our code, they get a bunch of other things like maybe uh, based on uh, like throughout the, their whatever two week trial that they go through, they might get emails prompting them to set up features that they have not actually looked at or set up yet. So it's got some like rules based in built into it where it can say like, if someone hasn't used this feature, send them an email. If they have already used it, then don't send them an email because it's, you know, they've already seen it. It's sequences, but it's not just time-based sequences. It's, it's got some um, logic built into it. 
Yeah. So it's like, it's based on time and, and logic to, uh, to determine. So really like, it's still, it's still like a time-based sequence at its core, but basically like the logic where the logic comes in is it's, it allows you basically to skip emails. Or if you look at it the other way, you can send emails if they match conditions. But really it's like, it's still based on like, it's going to send a sequence of emails, but if they happen to like not match the conditions for one, it'll just skip it basically. Okay. That's really cool. So how, I don't know, should we talk about sort of some of the, the things we've, or that you've learned from doing this? I haven't done any of it. We could talk about, I think like one of the cool things about this is that because we happen to be developers who like marketing to varying degrees, we are able to build this in a way that appeals to us as developers and not necessarily to to marketers or at least the segment of people that are have a little bit of interest in both. And so one of the things that I've done with it so far, it doesn't have any kind of uh, user interface, graphical user interface. The user interface that it does have is basically Ruby code. So to actually set up these campaigns, the way that you do it is very similar to generating a user model or something or a mailer in your Rails app. So you can generate a campaign. It basically creates a file on disk in your project. It's a Ruby file with some boilerplate and it lets you define what your sequence is or what your campaign is. And from there, basically you just like a lot of the, the hosted tools have automation features so that you can like set up rules of when people should join a campaign or when they should leave and, and handle a lot of the other lifecycle things that happen around these email sequences. But in our case, we already have a pretty awesome automation tool, which is called Ruby on Rails, that has all kinds of like callbacks and event subscriptions and all kinds of things that we can hook into basically to like just add people to campaigns. So at its core, it's, it's a lot simpler because really you're just adding people to these campaigns, removing from them from the campaigns, or if they complete one, it automatically does that for you. So in a lot of ways, it's actually like simplified a lot of things for us. Oh, cool. So you don't have to have a lot of that functionality duplicated in an external service. Right. And that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of like the idea is that like the way I look at it is like, I mean, like Rails, Rails like has a lot of automation stuff built into it. Like it, it does a lot of similar things that like marketing automation tools do, but it's, you know, it's for developers and it's a lot more flexible. And so we can take advantage of some of those things. Of course, with the caveat that it's a much more technical tool. Like we're not going to have someone, a completely non-technical user, at least not yet, step into this and, and manage it. So if we really want to target technical users, shouldn't we have the configuration be done in Haskell? Have it completely. Then people could just get their Xmonad set up and uh, you know, do their, their Heya set up. Right. Yeah. Well, I did. Yeah. I looked at, I, I did evaluate Haskell versus Ruby. Spent a lot of time debating the, uh, like, if I wanted this to be functionally pure or not, but I decided that in the end that, Ra that Ruby is actually, it's like pretty flexible. It's already kind of a automation scripting language and like for a lot of things. Yeah. So yeah, I went with Ruby. That's cool. I think a lot of people don't know this, that it's actually kind of neat is that Ruby is in Japan, at least is used for a lot of automation things. A lot of, they, they actually use it for some embedded stuff, like some, I forget what car maker, but some car maker a while back used it like in the embedded systems in their car. And so Ruby actually isn't terribly suited for stuff, stuff like this. And it has the bonus um, feature that unlike Haskell, like we can actually use it. Hey, though, um, 
the status of it is that I have like limited, like a feature set that I thought I needed basically in order to completely replace our, uh, the email sequencing that we do in intercom that is currently feature complete to the best of my knowledge. It re- it's still, oh, it's going to require a little more testing. Like we haven't actually like used this in production yet or anything, or I think even in awesome. staging. Hey, wait a but- second. Wait a sec. Wait, wait one second. <laughs> Don't say anything interesting. I'll be right back. Hold on. Sorry. Okay. I've got to take off my headphones. This is very exciting. See, <laughs> <So, yeah. laughs> he's got like a uh, noisemaker or something. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Yeah, I was going get the party favors. Yeah. <laughs> nice hooray <laughs> hooray <laughs> we had those left over from it. the birthday party <laughs> yeah it was it's like that's like a party a party noisemaker yeah awesome. it, was, it didn't sound like a strangled duck to you <laughs> well, we had to put it's that like, in there for the hearing impaired it's folks we had to put not, that in the it's, yeah. <laughs> it's not like a dying elephant it's not, <laughs> yeah, that's the problem with these. They're a little bit cheap. So we were just at the party. We all just sounded like a herd of just like dying geese or something. Can you do me a favor though? You need to keep that by your, uh, your podcast station for future, for future for episodes yeah. though. Is this exactly. going to be like my Kramer sound yes, effect? I think so. <laughs> it's yeah. like going to be like, bye, bye, bye. I'll just have my, okay. I'm, yeah. I'm going to get a collection of these things. Yeah, you totally should. I'm going to be so, obnox- <laughs> I'm going to be so obnoxious. Okay. <laughs> Oh, we'll see. So we're uh, we're at, we're currently at the place I think where we can we could uh, try some of this code out. I've got I actually have a branch that I was showing Ben of our our main Rails app that adds our onboarding emails using a uh, to our Rails app. Aside from doing some testing and maybe some additional setup work, like for actually sending the emails and that sort of thing, I think it's close to being ready to go. Now I, I say, That's if awesome. I sound hesitant, it's because every time I say, like, I think it's ready to go, I find like some sort of edge case that invalidates all the work I've done to date. <laughs> and I have to like figure everything out oh, from no. scratch, but I'm pretty sure at this point, like I've spent enough time on, on the actual like scheduling logic where I think that it's, <laughs> I think that it's ready to go. Yeah. You've had to do some intense, like SQL querying and stuff, right? Yeah, because I'm basically using like the whole, the whole little, like the little project, like the software itself is relatively it's a relatively small project i don't know how many lines of code it is but it's not a ton most of the complexity though is in sql so it's it's mainly a sql program is kind of the way i look at it it's like a sql program with a little like code ui built on top of it or some framework built on top of it but yeah so that it took me it took me a lot a while to get the like get the sql and and basically like the test suite that deterrent like that proves that the sequel does what it what I think it does to get all that to work was the kind of the meat of the project. Well there you go. So you're not actually building this in-house. We're using SQL. Yeah. Yeah, we meet like Josh Pickford's rules then, I guess. Because <laughs> we're not um, wasting resources by <laughs> right, yeah. by building something in-house so we could have bought it. Yeah, that's true. We're gonna and it, it's it's even free, right? Like we're using Postgres. It's free. Well or if you want to look at it the other way it's going to save us at least 12k a year in intercom bills. So, I you know, I'm probably, probably I I think I'm probably I've already blown that budget if I'm being honest, but you know, it's that's that helps like uh, lighten the blow at least a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I I think, you know, maybe maybe the the beginning, the 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 
initial desire for this was to, you know, save the money on intercom. But I think in reality, the other reason, like we're developers and we like building stuff. I yeah. think that's really what. I mean, it was, it's really, it's not the money like behind this. Yeah. I don't mind spending that 12 yeah. K on intercom. Like if, uh, especially like if it, if I was happy with it and it like, didn't give me any grief, I I'd be fine with it. Like what was it? Josh says like, just buy, buy tools that are already on the market. But I think, right. yeah, I was bored. This is something I've thought a lot about. I just wanted to see if it could be done. And really, it's, yeah, it's just, like, yeah. It's like a really nice, it's like a really nice suit, right? Like there's, there's nothing wrong with buying the suit off the rack. Like yeah. if it works, it'll get you to the wedding. You know, it's all good. But when you want to feel really good, you go and you get that custom made <laughs> suit and then you're on top of the world. Right. right? Wait, yeah. do you have a custom made suit, Ben? No, not yet, sadly. Oh, we'll, <laughs> oh man. We got to fix that. Well, if you ever want one, I know a guy. All right. Um, yeah. Nice. So, yeah. Yeah. So, what you're saying is you're doing it, you're doing it for the love, Josh. Yeah. The, the love and the, the adventure, I guess. Like, I, I think like the whole project has actually helped me work through some thoughts and opinions or ideas I have about marketing automation and developers doing marketing automation. And um, so, it's also been kind of like a, uh, I don't know, like a intellectual exploration to some extent, like trying to figure out if there's other ways to do things. I don't know if anything will actually come out of that or, but I mean, it's been, it's been an interesting project in and of itself. So, you know, if it came to nothing, I'd still, I'd still be happy that I did it, I think is what I'm saying. And also this is one, this was one of our, one of our side projects. Like we, last year we've, we've tried to do more things where if there's just something that we wanted to build, we've tried to give ourselves time to actually just go do and explore that that thing. And that's one of the things we did in uh, this last December was like part of our like winter break was go and work on your, on your side project. So I know we've got like, what, like three or four other side projects that have been happening in the company that I don't know anything about because we haven't actually like, this is the first time we're actually like reviewing what we did. So I'm excited to see what everyone else has been working on, but uh, this is mine. Yeah, we're getting together next week, all of us. And I'm definitely going to be talking about the the side project I worked on and uh, we'll get some reports from from Ben and Kevin. But uh, I'm looking forward to having uh, more Heya around. Yeah. Have we made any decisions about, I'm sure people are just like chomping at the bit. Like, what should they do? Should they tweet at us? Should they, (laughs) this isn't released. I don't. Yeah, it's not released. I'm imagining. I don't know when it will be released. Like I'm. I mean, I get, well, I guess the biggest factor is we haven't decided what our license is going to be yet. So we're, yeah. we'll be talking about that. Obviously, we can't really release it without a license. But the other thing is, is, is this, it's so early. Like I just became like kind of even like the, the base, the MVP or whatever just became feature complete. And we haven't run it in production. Like I'd like some confirmation that it actually is going to work for people before they like trust all of their emails to it or their customer database to it. So I'm a little paranoid in that, in that regard. I think we should probably get it released pretty soon. I'd like to just to just to get it out there. And I guess in the yeah. meantime, like we could like I'm interested in hearing if any of this actually like appeals to to like the developer slash marketer or marketer slash developer out there. So you could always uh yeah, tweet or email us or whatever. Yeah, you can tweet at us at FounderQuest. Yeah, um, and I think that's... get in touch too if if there's something that you've always wanted in an email tool you know, a customer messaging tool that just doesn't exist out there or it exists, but it's not quite right. Something that you, you would like a little different. I think this is a great time for us to find out, you know, other use cases besides just our own. Yeah. 
yeah that uh, tell us your heart's desires <laughs> right yeah and i mean that that could relate like not i mean obviously hey is going to be something for now at least specifically for rails users but i mean this is a broader problem space that we've like the three of us have spent a lot of time thinking and talking about so um, we're interested in it we're not you know we're not diving into a new market head first but it's a hobby of ours for sure more to come more to come well awesome and i'm looking forward to seeing the haskell version i won't understand because you really like parentheses (laughs) i just i like looking at haskell and knowing that somewhere there's somebody that understands it you're you're just like i need more i need more nesting in my code yeah i want to live in a world where somebody understands haskell (laughs) well do we have anything else we'd like to mention about hey nope i don't think so oh wait 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 what yeah so you always do such a great job at naming things, Josh. So is this name? So it's obviously like, you know, hey, like we're, we're emailing you. Yeah. Uh, communications that you've definitely opted in for yeah. and are looking forward to receiving. Yeah. yeah. But it's all, is, is it also like a reference to that song? It's not, but it can be like we talked about, like we talked about that after the fact. So I think that it's, it's both at this point. Okay. I love the, Yeah, that's a great, a great song. So yeah, you're talking about, hey, hey, yeah, about, right. Uh, yeah, I want to get get some uh, info from them about licensing it. Yeah, yeah, that's the only yeah, problem. We don't fun. have we don't have the licensing from Outcast. Yet. I mean, fair use. I think you can use a couple seconds. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah, I think you can use a couple seconds. All right, so we can um, splice that in right now. Maybe <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, we can splice in my acoustic version. I'll send it to the editors. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> on the uh, on the party. <laughs> On the xylophone, <laughs> acoustic xylophone version. You got to play it on the on the sound maker <laughs> from from Ida's party. <laughs> oh, yeah. of course, yeah. It's gonna it's a, it's a little monotone. Basically, just use it like a, like a kazoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe we'll see. We'll see. Anyway, all right. So if we're done, if we said everything we're gonna say, then um, I would say. I'm going to give her a spiel. So if you're interested in writing for our blog, we're interested in, in maybe talking to you if you like write about technical stuff and you want to check it out. We have a write for us link in our blog header, please. Oh my goodness. Like somehow we got added to some like list of people who just, I guess, buy content. And so like we get all the spammy, the spammy, like terrible people contacting us. Like somebody was like wanted like, to have guest posts on our blog about like growing like cannabis and stuff. It's like, what, what do you, do you even, do you even, you, you obviously did not read the write for us page that is accessible from the top nav in our blog. So yeah. Anyway, if you are a like decent human being and you want to talk to us about writing for us, go check that out. And if you want to give us a review, we'd love that on iTunes or Apple podcasts or whatever they call it this week. So. That's all. So, all right, I'll play it. I'll play us out. So, this is this is my rendition of "Hey Ya." All right, nice. That's awesome. Thank you. See y'all <laughs> later. See you guys. ThunderQuest is a weekly podcast by the founders of Funny Badger. Zero instrumentation, 360-degree coverage of errors, outages, and service degradations for your web apps. If you have a web app, you need it. Available at honeybadger.io. Want more from the founders? Go to founderquestpodcast.com. That's one word. You can access our huge back catalog or sign up for our newsletter to get exclusive VIP content. FounderQuest is available on iTunes, Spotify, and other purveyors of fine podcasts. 
We'll see you next week.